Mindfulness Mode 274. When we start to dive into our hearts to really find out what truly matters, then look to align our outward actions with what we found deep inside our hearts, we then begin on a path to reaching our full potential. Reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness right here on Mindfulness Mode with me, your host and Mindfulness Life Coach, Bruce Langford. Hey, Mindful Tribe, thanks for joining today. Last time the show was interesting. It was about vaginal therapy, but, you know, it deals with men and women. You might want to go back and check out Sophia's interview at mindfulnessmode.com slash 273. As we get closer to the end of the year, maybe you're thinking about making some changes in your life. J.J. Flazanes, back in episode 227, she talked about body shame. Well, she's an expert coach. She's fantastic with mindset. She is offering a live event in L.A. in January. She calls it a mind-body-soul event. Maybe you're struggling with committing to yourself to make changes in your life. JJ knows how to help you release the blocks that are holding you back. And in her event, she gives you the time and space to release those stubborn blocks. Her event is called Releasing What Weighs You Down. There are a limited number of seats. So if you're interested, oh, there's also a virtual ticket available if you can't make it to LA. Take her survey to find out if this event is right for you. Just go to my link at mindfulnessmode.com slash JJ2018quiz. And to check out the event, go to mindfulnessmode.com slash JJ2018. And you can find out all about it there. Today, I'm interviewing a guy who I find very inspiring. We talk about what ultimately matters to us as humans and he's making changes in the world on a global basis. I'm excited about you hearing his story. Sit back, relax, and enjoy today's episode with John Sticks. Hey, Mindful Tribe. Today, I have a terrific thought leader and, and change maker, and it's, his name is John Sticks. John, are you in mindfulness mode today? I am. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's Thankfully. great. Thank, thankfully. <laughs> Thankfully, yeah, and gratitude is everything. I know, I, I think it's amazing. Well, John, I want to start off our interview today, first of all, by thanking you for being here. I really appreciate it, but I want to ask you what mindfulness means to you and in your life. Mm. Yeah, so how much time do we have? <laughs> uh, you know, that's uh, that's uh, such a... a such a possible for deep question to be, you know, deep response, but profound, profound uh, aspect of my life. Um, and it wasn't for, you know, probably upwards of 44 years, unfortunately. Um, but I say unfortunately only because I love it so much and what the aspects are that mean to me. But I don't say it with regret because our journey takes us to the point in time where we are now. But mindfulness to me it really means being able to, you know, figure out um, a way to not figure out everything. Um, your mind is constantly streaming with information, absorbing information, processing information, um, and 
depending on the information that we're allowing in and depending on the information that we are not only allowing in and allowing to multiply, it can affect how we feel so profoundly and then from how we feel depending on if we're happy, content, in peace or the other side, fear, you know, in trapped in fear, um, it can really send us down in, in terms of the fear side, a slippery slope where we feel out of control um, and where we lose confidence and, you know, all those things that I think we all can identify that really, you know, profoundly hinder us from really feeling our, our true self, really feeling our, our true essence of who we are and what is, and mindfulness to me really is that it allows us to feel that connection to our heart center and our heart center to me is where we find our true authentic self and mindfulness and I don't believe this is taught very often but a lot of techniques are described but I believe that um, each person has their own can own, develop their own authentic way of being mindful you, do, you don't have to think that you have to replicate what other people are doing. Tools are, are tools and insights from others are great, but I believe it takes a level of vulnerability, um, which I believe is a strength, to look inside yourself deep and start to experience an inward journey. And within that inward journey, you will find your own ways of being mindful. John, you're a great communicator. I just, I love what you said and how you're describing that because it is different for every person. Mindful Tribe, you're probably wondering, you know, okay, tell me more. Who is John Sticks? I'm going to take just a second and share with you who this amazing man is. John Sticks is the president of Fibernetics, the fifth largest telecommunications company in Canada, and he's helped multiple organizations and their people transition into holistically healthy cultures. John says his own personal transformation has resulted in his ability to shift corporate dynamics to a new and better place. John is also on a mission to spread the word across Canada that happiness is a choice. To accomplish this, he's recently teamed up with Sean Acor, the author of the best-selling book, The Happiness Advantage. Now, John is doing so much. He's part of a recent venture as president of Kids Wi-Fi, which we'll be talking about today, which it protects kids globally while online. And this is an incredible venture as well. So, John, you're doing so many things. You're meeting with so many people. And we were talking just before we started about uh, your venture with Kids Wi-Fi and how you recently... Uh, shook the hand of Pope Francis in Rome at the World Congress. Can you tell us a little bit about that and how you're spreading the word to make the world a better place, and you've got a tool to do that? Yeah, thank you so much. Um, so kind um, to say those things. Um, and when sometimes, you know, when I hear those things like yourself saying that, I can't believe sometimes that these things um, have happened to me. The people uh, I've been so grateful. I'm so fortunate to have met such amazing people to come into my life. You know, on the kids' Wi-Fi side, it all loops back to a simple, um, simple philosophy that I have, and I'd love to start there mm-hmm. if that's okay with you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I believe that since since we were uh, very young, to no fault of our caregivers, our parents, um, grandparents 
whomever that might be, we've been taught to live an outward life. And, and what I mean by that is we've been taught to always be going somewhere, even when we're very, very young. Hurry up, go to school. Now hurry up, get home. Now hurry up, have dinner. We got to get you to soccer practice, whatever that might be. Hurry about, up back home. Hurry, go to bed. And this is because um, our lives for generations have been geared around this perception of busyness leads to happiness. But really what I have come to realize in my own personal transformation and my own journey is that, that the real journey is not an outward journey. The real journey is an inward journey. And what I mean by that is, as we are taught from a very young age to always hurry up and be going somewhere, that doesn't slow down. That only accelerates as we get older. And as we get older, as we all know, we have more responsibility and stresses that are attached to each action. More people rely on us. We put pressures on ourselves. So I believe that life is not an outward journey. It's more of an inward journey. And when we, what I mean by that is that when we open up the door to our heart center and start to journey into what really truly matters to us as individuals, what really truly matters inside of us and listen to our heart and let our heart be our guide to what really resonates with us. This is where our dreams are. This is where our aspirations are. And this is where healing is. And when we start to dive into our hearts to really find out what truly matters, then look to align our outward actions with what we found deep inside our hearts, we then get on a path to reaching our full potential. And when I started to not knowing I didn't even know I was doing this. It's just part of the transformation that I was on. And a lot of things started to become important to me. And social responsibility as an entrepreneur, um, as a fortunate business owner with, with tremendous people uh, in our company, we started to realize that empowering other people's dreams, but also looking at our community and, in fact, a global community and how we can impact that in a positive way resonated deep inside our hearts. And Kids Wi-Fi is a venture and a technology that is much more than a business. It, it really is our attempt at being able to look at a serious issue in this world, which is that our children are exposed at unprecedented levels to terrible um, content that they should not just, they should absolutely not be seeing. And um, it was our efforts to try to sort of say, we're going to stand up and try to do something about this and develop a piece of technology that successfully filters adult content uh, multiple levels at various different age groups as your child develops. Well, I really applaud you for that because I've worked with children for years in bullying prevention. And it's true, you know, it's completely changed how much our children are exposed to through yeah. the internet. It's it's really incredible. So I applaud you for doing that and working in that field. So um, I, I remember when I was... Uh, Younger, there was an ad and it said, Hey, you can make a long distance call for free. And all ah. you have to do is listen to a really short <laughs> ad. I think it's like a beer commercial or something. Wow, Just listen to this yeah. really short ad and then yeah, you can make this line. phone call for yeah. free. And yeah. I think you had something to do with that way back when. And you were probably yeah. a teenager. Is that right? Yeah, that's, that's amazing. Wow. Thanks. That brings up great memories. Yeah, so uh, I've been, you know, so fortunate, so blessed. Um, I've been uh, 
I've had a best friend since I was 16 years old, and my best friend is uh, still my business partner. And uh, that was our first venture. Um, we had an idea of being able to back in the day when you know long distance uh, minutes were ex- you know it's incredibly expensive. I remember those days when yes. you know I wanted to call my brother as, as he was away for school, and my dad would be like, "Okay, you only got three minutes because it's going to cost us this much." And you know, in those days, it was very expensive to just call a city right beside you that was uh, that was long distance. And we came up with a venture whereby we realized that if we could deploy a network a certain way that we did through voice over IP early on technology, that we could eliminate the cost of per minute long distance. And we wanted to make it free. That was our dream, free to all the people that wanted to use it. And to generate revenue, we offset that with advertising revenue. And you're remembering our great partner that stood that uh, joined us in that time was Labatt's. And uh, we, yeah, we had free long distance for most of Ontario here in Canada. And uh, yeah, that was such a fun, fun uh, company. Yeah. And well, you and I are located pretty close together here in Ontario. I'm in London, you're in Waterloo, I think. And, uh, you know, when I, when I discovered that you were behind that, I thought, wow, that was so innovative, you know, for you to, for you to do that. But what were you like as a young kid? You know, did you have that mindfulness element? Were you a thinker? Were you a creator? What were you like when you were around nine years old? Wow, thanks. Um, you know what? I loved sports. I loved uh. sports. Um, I was physical. Um, I loved being active. And you know, now that I look back, I think I, you know, I, I did have elements of that of the mindfulness that so you're just conjuring up out of me right now. Thank you. You know, as uh, I have always loved those quiet times. I've always loved those sort of introspective times and. Um, you know, I've I've also been someone, as far as I can remember, that had deep feelings. I was sensitive as a young guy, a young boy. Um, you know, I went through some early on trauma in my life. At age five, I went through a really tough divorce with my parents mm-hmm. and didn't see my mom for a very, very long time. Um, you know, once a year for many years. And there was a lot of times throughout all of that where, um, you know, I, you know, felt obviously as a young boy deep deep emotions and um in in situations like that it you know starts to develop who you are as an individual and i think you know feeling those deep emotions as a as a very young boy and and up you know growing up i think has uh, allowed me to also start to think about as i am at this age and and beyond you know what it what it means to really be able to go into your heart and experience these feelings process them learn from them and let your heart guide you in your life. Well, recently I heard you speak at, at an Archangel event in Toronto, and then I had a chance to talk to you after, and I was really amazed by what you said. You said to me, Bruce, I just love people. Yeah. And you just said it in such a genuine way. And as we chatted, you you were totally present. You know, you were right there. You were looking into my eyes. You were very personable. And I thought, you know, here is a guy that really understands mindfulness. But you explained yourself that you've had a transformation in the last, I don't know, couple of years or maybe longer ago than that. Can you tell us about the transformation which took you to a more mindful place? Yeah, you know, I look back, um, thank you, I look back and, you know, we're always transforming. That's a, Yes. You know, that's the one thing, in- inevitably, um, the universe is always changing. And I think to a certain extent, um, 
when we when we learned that when we learned really that as a lesson in life that the universe is always changing and we learned that in essence we really shouldn't fight change um, so hard because if we do that's when we start to feel the discomfort um, but yeah for me transformation really started to be like not begin at a, it began at a very early age but about three and a half years ago um, I went through a major transformation um, and I guess people would call it an awakening and mm -hmm. um, I started to feel in the very dream that I helped create which was our core company Fibernetics I started to feel very disengaged and I couldn't figure out why here I am we started from the basement of our you know of a home um, and uh, enough money at the time to constantly eat rice aroni and share one pair of dress <laughs> shoes um, <laughs> you know and and we accomplished all of these things together and all of these amazing relationships friendships family involved and you know built a, a phone company that you described early on in the introduction and you know you this is the realization of, of, of many dreams, at least the dreams that were in your mind and your heart many years ago. But I started to become very disengaged and I couldn't figure out why. And that was, I couldn't figure out why became my driving thirst. I needed to find out why I was feeling this way and it started to creep into, into my personal life as well. And it wasn't one of those stories where you hear about a lot of people where they have a, a big awakening and it's from a significant tragedy. Um, this was more of a sequence of events that uh, led me to uh, a peaked realization. How about that? So mm -hmm. um, I started to feel more and more disengaged and more and more um, uh, not wanting to be a part of where I was professionally. And I also felt, um, you know, I hit a little bit of a breaking point when I realized I didn't even know who I was anymore. So I didn't... I, I got to a point where I didn't know my identity and I was asking the question to myself who are you and so I went very inquisitive and what that manifested into was that I was being you know I was asking uh, certain people in my life or people that I didn't know that I respected have you ever dealt with anything like this when you felt this disengaged from the very dream that you helped create? How do you come to terms with that as an individual and why am I feeling this way? And you know I got lots of great tips and go take a vacation, you don't take vacation and I come back and nothing would change and they would say well you didn't take the right vacation. So I, <laughs> I tried many different <laughs> I tried many different outward actions. Uh -huh. But what I realized was that I needed to go introspective and that this was on me. It wasn't on anyone else. And I needed to go inward. So I did. I started to move very, in, in, go inward. And really that would, I would say that was the early onset of mindfulness um, efforts. Uh, less techniques, that's why I say you need to discover it for yourself. These were mindfulness efforts, I would call them. Where I started to look right. very introspective and inside. And I took a trip out to um, my favorite city, Vancouver, and um, I was going there for a convention and there was a sequence of events that occurred over a four-day period that I kind of like to say that the universe hit me over my head with a sledgehammer and these mm -hmm. sequence of events that occurred permanently changed my life they were this uh, nexus point of change where I realized that um, I was never going to be the same individual again 
and that the confusion of not understanding who I was as a person was actually the driving, the driving force for me to enter into a path of learning who I am and my true identity. And um, I came home from that trip and from these incredible sequences of events that changed my life. And I decided that the first aspect of who I was was someone that deeply loves and cares for people. And I feel it in my heart. And I care about their dreams. I care about their feelings. I care about the pain that they're in. And I rejoice in the happiness that they're in. So if I was going to be that person, which I've never expressed before authentically, then I needed to be able to do that. And how would I? So I decided to completely revamp our entire workplace culture, even though I didn't know what the word workplace culture was before. And it was the, it was the way that I could be transparent and authentic and lead in a way that I wanted to lead. And to this day, I still have never read um, a full book on workplace culture. This was all intuitive. This was all from my heart. And I started to gain trust in leading from my heart because when I started to impart change into our workplace culture, and it was, this was a systemic massive change, we started to see the results and those results were staggering. Now, leaders like to hear the KPIs and I give those, you know, HR concerns dropped 85% in four months. Growth went from 9% to 36%. Um, and so many, and we had world global attention and retention efforts of our employees had, there had been nothing like this before. We didn't lose top talent anymore. And our recruitment, I didn't have to spend as president any more money on recruitment because everyone wanted to work for us. And we did a holistic change where it was based on mind, body, and spirit. And we did a whole new company values, set of values, company purpose. And we put in a new mantra that is our emotional bond as a corporation. It's called I'm in. And what I'm in means to us is that it's that time that we always can anchor into our and remember that we were entrepreneurs at one point in time in our history. And that no matter how big we get, it really started with a dream. That dream was not based on shiny towers or how much money we'd make. It was based on... Do you share in this dream that we want to affect change in a positive way? And not only do you feel that change do you, in that dream, do you want to be a part of it? So I'm in as our emotional bond as a corporation. And we went down the path, and I went down the path of uh, this holistic change, and it profoundly changed me and changed us, I think. Safe to say a lot of us within the organization where we affected um, uh, a change within our community, and it caused this great ripple effect. And for me, the transformation has just never stopped. And I became um, very, very thirsty in terms of spirituality and what that meant to me. I became very thirsty in, in the thoughts of what really binds us as people. And why do we feel so alone? Why do we feel so disconnected from each other, yet there's 7 billion of us here? How is it that our problems feel so encompassing, but yet Potentially billions have far worse problems than we have. And I started to really dive into philosophies from around the world and what that mattered to me and how I perceived those leaders of the past and became rooted in my own belief system over time. And uh, that led us to, that continues to lead me on a journey of transformation. And mindfulness to me is such an important aspect of every piece of the transformation. Because going back to what I said earlier, we can get encased and overwhelmed so fast. And know this, no matter how much you practice, no matter who you are, we are all 
just human beings. And we can have those days where we just feel overwhelmed no matter who you are. I've met the most amazing people um, and people that are that most would perceive to be incredibly spiritually advanced and or advanced within their meditation techniques and journey, but yet they all still have those days. And we need to be able to soften our expectations on who we are as individuals, feel our heart center and mindfulness techniques and an openness to be vulnerable to explore our heart through mindfulness allows us to really have the freedom to be who we are. Well, you know, it's uh, fascinating that you started with your own company. You're you're working outward. You're uh, doing things globally for kids, and you've decided to work with Sean Acor and spread the word across Canada that happiness is a choice. Tell us how you're going to do that. What are some of your plans to make that happen? Really, what it was was a. It's really a sort of a soft um, partnership. I would say it's more of an alignment of intention. And mm-hmm. um, I love public speaking. Uh, I was blessed yeah. enough that, to be asked my first public speech. Um, I remember <laughs> it was for uh, uh, HR leaders, and I remember we. You know, to this day, I've never had done a speech where they put all the speakers up and uh, and se- seated at the front, and you get up one by one. So I think I was, I think now that I look back, that was a great lesson for me, immersed right into it. But I remember sitting at the front of the room with 400 HR leaders, and here I am, this guy that basically just wanted to help transform the, you know, the workplace culture, but was not an educated HR leader, about to speak for 400 leaders. Now, this is where, those, this is where the, you know, the voice comes in and starts to say, you know what, John, if you just leave right now, I don't think anyone will notice. <laughs> right? And yes. Or or the voice that says, What are you doing here? Right? Those doubts that hold us back. Thank yes. goodness that thank goodness that I was able to stay in that seat and get up and speak because I fell in love with the thought of being able to help transform, being able to help pass a message along. But what I realized is by following my heart center and by being mindful and and and, and also chasing um, what really was important to me in my heart that led me on and part of the path was leading me to public speaking which I had no idea I loved I and, and, and with so without going originally into my heart and being introspective early on in that journey and then moving towards um, letting my heart lead me with workplace culture and all these other things I would never have been asked to speak to which I would not have been asked if I loved it and I went into a flow state and um, I like to describe it, and, and since then I've been public speaking. I was asked to public speak on behalf of the White House and on workplace culture. And I think Sean and I, I really just share uh, a philosophy that is based in gratitude, that is based on happiness. And happiness, to me, really is such an individual journey. There's no one that can come up and say, you know what, I'm going to tap you on the shoulder and I'm going to make you happy, unless you're an extremely good teller of, of jokes for a period of time. Right. Um, but you get what I'm saying. It, it's mm-hmm. a, such an individual journey, and really, I think we're, you know, where we're aligned is is that if leaders can um, realize that by empowering people to find their personal journey of happiness, you are establishing such trust within that individual. And if you, if your intention as a leader, and part of it always has to be because it's business, is to drive shareholder value is to have profits, is to find creation and growth, and is to develop innovation, 
then I am here to tell all leaders right now on this podcast that are willing to listen that by investing in happiness, by investing in, in empowering in what means to be happiness on an individual journey for each employee, it is staggering to see the results that occur from a business perspective and the KPIs that associate that you associate as leader to the success, what defines success for your business. So I, I think we're just aligned on those intentions, and um, and uh, I'm grateful for that. Well, I think it's it's a no-brainer. I mean, if you've got a team of people working for you and they're unhappy and they're stressed out and they're anxious, you're not going to see the same amount of productivity than you would if they they have a, a sense of calm, a sense of being grounded and focused and that they're doing something of value. So it really makes a huge difference. I want to talk to you about your meditation practice. Do you meditate and what does it look like for you, John? That's really evolved. Um, yeah, so I would say that meditation for me is more defined as prayer um, mm-hmm. and also quiet times. Yeah. And the quiet times for me, you know, it's funny. We, we, we always think we have to travel to somewhere beautiful or we have to, you know, go to a far distance to, to get to something that is inspiringly beautiful. But Actually, when we look in our neighborhoods and we look at the parks in our communities and various different aspects of our community, for me, I love nature. Um, nature helps ground me. It's embedded in my upbringing. So, but I can't always just go far away to an incredible trail or obviously fly off to be in a mountain. It's just not possible. We have commitments. So right. what I did was I actually just spent a little bit of time to think about, rethink about my actual community and what's close to me. And, and I found only two minutes away from where I live, this river and a little road that leads down to the river. So mindfulness to me is being able to find, first off, these kind of spots that allow you to feel peace. And close your eyes, know where you are, experience the, that place, the energy possibly in that place that resonates with you, that feels comfortable to allow you to be able to be in that quiet moment. And the quiet moments are incredibly important because the quiet moments around us allow us to start to think, okay, we are quiet around us now. How do we quiet our mind? How do we look inside ourselves to really start to think, are these the thoughts that I really want to have today? Are these thoughts empowering us? Or are they hindrance? Are these thoughts really a true essence of who I am as an individual? Or have they been planted there and we went down that slippery slope and now we feel very fear-based or discouraged or um, not confident in who we are? So mindfulness practice for me is being able to find those places where even sometimes it's as little as 10 minutes before I go home after a day's work. I get 10 minutes and I go down to my little spot in the river on the way home and have that quiet moment with myself to be able to recenter myself, recenter to my heart. And what I mean by recentering to my heart is when I find that when I go into my heart to think about what truly matters to me, a lot of the um, conversations or, or not conversations, but thoughts that are going through, yeah, inner dialogue, let's just say, that are going and flying through my mind start to fa- start to sort of just vaporize, start to just go away. Because they aren't, in a lot of cases, if they're fear-based, that's not me. 
I don't want that to be me. And I couple that with where I am at this point in time in my life with prayer. And prayer has become very important to me, and that's a very, very much a, a part of my mindfulness practice. So if I'm able to share anything in terms of mindfulness with your listeners, that would be an incredible blessing for me. I would say take the time to invest into finding that spot, that place in time. And I know life is such an outward journey, but find that place in time, even for a short period of time, throughout the day to go inward. And then start to look and process what's going through and on in your mind and looking at being able to get to your heart center and center yourself to who you really are within the moment. And isn't that all we really have? I mean, the past is gone. It's not coming back. It's not malleable. We can't shape it in our hands and change it. And the future is not here yet. So if we're constantly in a state of thinking about the future, it, puts, it can set us up to be anxious. So we don't want that in our lives. And it's hard not to think about all the things because of the pressures that we have externally put on us and we put on ourselves. But what we can do is we can control our thought process and our feelings to a certain extent within that moment. And mindfulness to me, and it's so hard, but if we can stay centered within that practice that resonates with us, just maybe, just maybe, we're not going to look back one day and say, all these moments that I could have had, I shouldn't have let them go. And even in the course of storms that we have to get through in our lives, maybe we, within the storm we could find even that centered peace. Thank you for sharing that incredible wisdom. Uh, and one thing I wanted to ask you, do you consider yourself a part of a certain religion? I mean, you talked about prayer. Is, do you identify yourself that way? Yeah, I don't identify myself in terms of a religious perspective, I, I think. Um, right. I, would say that right. I, I would say that I'm rooted in um, Scripture. So um, I'm rooted in the Word of God that I believe is embedded in the Bible and is in Scripture. And um, so if, if someone was to put a religious term on me, I would say that um, I'm Christian. But I, I say that also um, with a however. And the however is, is that I'm deeply respectful and deeply open to beautiful wisdom that are entrenched in multiple religions around the world. And at the, and at the core of my belief center is kindness, compassion, forgiveness, love, courage, empathy, and a willingness to be respectful for everyone that wishes to be a part of that, to be a part of that philosophy, right? Um, does that make sense? Yeah, it does, and I thank you for explaining that. John, I always ask a question about bullying, and I want to know if you have a story about bullying, whether it was in your life, whether it's in your adult life as a businessman, where mindfulness would have made a difference. Being bullied comes in so many different forms, doesn't it? It really does, yeah. Yeah, um, probably, you know, we all have the thought of, of what bullying means in terms of, um, you know, going to school and things like that as uh, when we were younger, but really bullying can come in so many different forms. Come For some sure. Sometimes the, the verbal accusations are, or, you know, can be so terrible and, um, but yeah, for sure, um, 
without getting into obviously all the different forms of it. Um, yeah, I remember as a young, I remember as a young boy, um, not confident in who I was and, um, like any young, young child trying to figure out their place within schools. And, you know, I moved around a lot, um, relatively speaking, I think it's safe to say. And, uh, at the one school that I was going to, I remember this one individual for whatever reason, um, you know, didn't like me or wanted to focus on, uh, wanted to focus on me as an individual that in their form, in their way of, they thought they could bully me. And I, you know, if I would have known, I guess, more of these types of thoughts on how I could take time to be, you know, in, in a state of peace or to try to find these centering moments, even as a younger boy, because I think a lot of this stuff, uh, a lot of mindfulness um, techniques, but also the, the, the understanding for children to understand that their own way of, of mindfulness is important, right? So that they don't feel intimidated yes. by techniques and things. Um, would have yes. gone would have gone a long way to helping me not only stay sort of in a peace in a relative peaceful state through so this these sets of experiences, but I believe within mindfulness you can also think of a tremendous amount of solutions to your problems. Um, yes, and for sure. Because you're in a peaceful state and your mind works much better in that peaceful state, and I think that would have helped me try to figure out as a young boy, how I can also, um, you know, come up with solutions to help me understand the problem I was in. Thankfully, what happened was um, sort of love ended up dominating that, uh, that and we became friends and, um, and uh, yeah, it was uh, a peaceful state ended up emerging out of what was looking to be a terrible state. And um, it was really just misunderstandings after misunderstandings, and uh, we ended up becoming friends. Oh, well, that's a great ending. I'm so glad it happened that way. John, as we move toward the end of the interview, I want to ask, who is one person, only one person, who has influenced the mindfulness in your life? Oh, wow. That's a good question, because there's so many. Yes. Um, Wow. I can only pick one, so I won't name a whole pile of people. Well, you know, I'd have to say there's been so many, and recently in the last couple of years I've, I've met incredible people. And when I say incredible, it's not about the stature. It's about that they're just incredible people, and I respect how they live. And uh, I actually just left a meeting right now with an individual that would definitely be on that list. But there's, there's, uh, there's, you know, my business partner and best friend since I, I mentioned earlier, since I was 16, he's had this innate ability um, without him even knowing it for many, many, many years. And I think just in the last couple of years, through his own transformation, he's understanding more and more that he has it. He has an innate ability to be able to stay within a peaceful state. He has this, he has this incredible ability to be able to... Um, you know, view the situations and not let it overwhelm him and be able to have enough faith and realize that the brain is an incredibly powerful, um, it can be incredibly powerful and can be this incredible fountain of solutions. So I remember this one guy that ended up saying, you know, your buddy, I swear, 
he could end up, if his house was burning, not that this is a good thing to do, but if his house was burning, he would ask where the popcorn was while he stayed and watched a movie. <laughs> right? <laughs> and it was, just a, it was just a comical way to obviously describe just how peaceful he can stay. So I would say I've been lucky uh, to be exposed to an individual that, at his core, he didn't even know really what he had. And now he practices every day uh, his own form of meditation. And if, I think if it gets interrupted by a couple of weeks, you know, he's reminded to quickly get back to it. And he, and he notices the difference in his life. So I would say, uh, I would say my business partner and best friend there. And, and what's your partner's name? Jody Schnarr. John, how has mindfulness affected your emotions? It's allowed me to be able to understand what deeply matters to me because mindfulness to me is connected to the inward journey. And without going, without living inward or going inward, how can you find out what truly matters to you? Because it's almost like we, over time we become numb within all of the pattern and busyness that we think is living. So, and again, that's the, to no fault of, our, of who we are. It's just that society, we, it's busy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's, a, it, you know, it's ever, it's ever, I think it's going to be for the rest of my life. And I think it's something for all of us for the rest of our lives. But for, mindfulness for me has allowed me to feel what truly matters to myself as an individual more and have, I would say, the confidence and understanding on how to process those feelings and communicate them and live my life within them. Right. Well, you've mentioned a little bit about this already, but can you tell us how breathing is part of your mindfulness practice? Yeah, I noticed that um, after or during, I should say not after, during, um, when, I, when I do practice prayer, my own, um, as I spoke about earlier, my own ways of being mindful, that peaceful um, area, and then focusing on the peace inside me, um, my, my, my breathing changes. Um, you know, throughout the day, if you really could look at your breathing, I, I think it's safe to say we, we all shallow breath and uh, we're, be, we're breathing kind of rapid or not deep. And I notice that when I enter into a, mind, a, a, really, a really peaceful, mindful state, my lungs fill up. I, um, it's almost... I'm not even planning for it. I breathe deeper. I feel holistically more relaxed. And, and then sometimes what I do is on purpose, I, of course, I do breathing techniques to try to, you know, center back to breathing. And I think breathing and mindfulness is so connected. And there's tremendous ancient wisdoms, of course, with, embedded within all of the uh, yoga teachings and yogi teachings um, th that if people want to investigate more within that, I highly recommend um, you know those that reading because you know breathing techniques and understanding the the power and importance of uh, proper breathing um, seems to be um, incredibly important. Yes, it is incredibly important for sure, John. I uh, so much appreciate all that you've shared with us today. I mean, it's just amazing how much knowledge you have and wisdom to share. I want to ask you how Mindful Tribe can connect with you. How can we learn more about what you're doing and keep keep in touch with you? Oh, uh, thanks. Um, 
I really do believe that um, regarding the word wisdom, I'll just say this. It's, it's, um, this is just my own belief system. It's not me. Um, it's, um, it's when you, when you dive into your heart and you, and you start to find what truly matters to you as an individual. As I said earlier, there's a relationship um, you know, that developed within me in a way from a faith perspective. And uh, I believe that when I'm in my heart center, um, it's incredible potential and there's just limitless, limitless potential for all of us. Um, so, um, yeah, I, I wrestled with it for a, quite a long time, wrestled with the decision that I'm about to tell you. In fact, I haven't, I haven't really, I haven't publicly launched it or anything like that yet, but I have been, um, writing a book and this book has been deeply important to me. It, it's, I've spent a tremendous amount of thought on the structure of the book. Um, not just, what I really wish to say within it. And um, I also believe that uh, life is an inward journey. So I'm coming out with, um, I don't like to say the word brand, but that's how people understand it. I'm coming out with a bit of uh, what I hope to be a movement, a community uh, of living inward. And uh, I'm going to be launching a brand new website, social, uh, my book, and others that I know that want to be a part of this living inward movement and create a community through an app as well embedded into it where we can all support each other, all communicate with each other, and um, learn from each other's journeys. So I'm excited about that. So that's coming in the future. For now, um, I have a website that's up at uh, livinginward.com. It will change, but it is pretty much a recent indication of what's important to me. And, and if anyone wants to communicate with me directly about, um, well, anything, to be honest with you, um, I'll try my best. And I would suggest that you look me at, up on LinkedIn. And if it's a question about your own life or anything that I can possibly be maybe of insight for or try to help you with and maybe get a connection for you, um, I always try to help. Well, thank you so much for that. LinkedIn is a great place to connect. And all of this information will be in our show notes. So as you're listening to this, if you want to go back and, and connect with John, all this information is in our show notes. Thanks so much for just opening up and sharing, sharing, sharing with us today, John. I really appreciate it. Oh, it's my pleasure. And if I can leave your, you know, your listeners uh, um, with one last thing, if I may. Of course. Remember that we're our hardest critics. We're so hard on ourselves. And the traumas and, and pains that we went through are in the past, but we learn from them. And when we can find a place of forgiveness for not only ourselves, but for others, we, we, we really free ourselves to be able to embark on, on a life that, was really, that really matters to us as individuals. And I would hope that all of your listeners can realize that we are indeed all connected. Um, but although we feel alone and um, I was really excited to be on this today and share some of my thoughts and I hope all of you have uh, an amazing day on this journey of discovering our own happiness and joy. Thank you so much, John. You take care. Have a great day. <laughs> yep. Yeah, bye now. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us today on Mindfulness Mode. For insightful blog articles and show notes for every episode, check out mindfulnessmode.com. If you've enjoyed this podcast, you could help us out by clicking on the iTunes link on our website and leave a rating and review. 
Until next time, Mindful Tribe, use what we've learned today to reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness. Stay in the mode.